0: Welcome back another episode of Into the Combine. I'm your host, Stan the Man. Jason. Shoddy. And uh, we got a jam packed episode, but first we need to break it down.
1: i'm really liking that
2: yeah dude uh so that was the band cognitive the track is called haunted justice and the album is deformity and uh it was a 2016 album unique leader i don't know i listened to it last year it was pretty good it's kind of like more up the death metal side of things even though that song kind of sounds a little more deathcore-ish but uh the song's actually pretty cool it's got a lot of leads and stuff cool like weird melodic parts and leads in there like the vocalist is badass real real brutal but uh
1: yeah yeah i mean i was really liking it Stan, uh i want to break it
2: down
0: yes uh this week's episode we're talking about what we've been listening to as usual um we have a album review of the darkest hour what's the album called
1: godless <laughs> prophets and the migrant flora very
2: nice yes that's a, that's a, that's a mouthful
1: and, <laughs>
0: yeah yeah it is and i and we got a throwback album review of Lamb of God, Sacrament.
2: And uh interview is with who is it again, Jay? It's Mike Schlebaum, um, the guitarist of Darkest Hour. Yep, yep. And Good uh show. yeah, Good it, was, show. it was it was it's a cool interview, it's not too long, but uh we talked about the new album. We uh talked about I don't know if you guys saw on Metal Sucks, they had a list of the top guitarists that should replace Anders from at the gate since he left the band. Yeah, I heard, so, I, mm. I seen
1: that and heard about that travi- tragic news.
2: Yeah, and so they had his name in there, so I asked him about that, if he thought he could do it. We talked about some old, like some of his favorite riffs, all that kind of shit. So it was a pretty cool interview. But yeah, so want
1: to jump into what we're listening to? Yeah, I'll go ahead and take the reins. Um, um, I'll start it off. Actually,
0: wait, hold on. This section is uh, show Stan some cool stuff you've been listening
2: to. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) You know,
1: you're on a roll. What
2: happened? Yeah. Uh, I, I... I've been busy It's just su- What do you mean sucks. You've
1: been busy Listening What music do you listen to I guess let's go on a, On a little Instead of it's What we're <laughs> listening to What do you What listen have I been to, doing <laughs> Yeah Well what have you been doing And then what do you listen to
0: Okay well uh, Last week I had no power For three days So I had no internet Nothing Um then I th- actually threw out my back, so I couldn't walk to find even go to my computer, <laughs> and then uh, I can't find my iPod, so I just been fucked.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you have like what two thousand hey, fucking I, CDs. What do you, What do you mean?
0: I know, I know. I, I got to go to my computer, but who wants to sit in front of a computer just to listen to music? You know. What like about the radio? Do you have XM? Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, I can go into I can go into some stuff off of XM, but it's what'd not. you hear lately? That's good. Okay, I guess I can do it. Well, Shoddy, you you started out. You no, know, no, no, you I right? wanna.
1: We're we're still on okay. you now. You you can't just go from one to another and then everybody's like fucking st- wondering what well, Stan listening po- to. <laughs> Come on. The,
0: the problem with XM is, you know, Shoddy, how it is. It's the same shit every day, and it's getting old real yeah, quick. Yeah, but I don't.
1: I don't listen to it, and I know that there's probably yeah, some no, no. other listeners uh, that don't. So well, actually,
0: uh. I'm actually really pumped for it. It's coming out soon. I only heard the one song, but the new body count's coming out in two weeks, I believe it is. Oh, nice! Yeah. And that's like, yeah, that's like the number one track on the Devil's Dozen right now. Yes, so it, and I'm digging it.
1: And I, I did actually see that because I get the tweet if you know what the Devil's Dozen was that week. And yeah, yeah. I seen the body count was number one, and I was like, that's fucking awesome.
0: It's uh it's No Lives Matter. Yep. It's like a, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a, it, no, it's a really tight track. I'm actually pretty pumped for that CD. And then, but you know, they got the same shit. It's Gojira's on the top five every single week. Yeah. And, but I mean, no, they have some like good shit. It's not been so tiring, but you know, it's just like, it gets repetitive after a while, but like actually, uh, they've been doing some cool, uh, thrash metal stuff on the bloody roots section where they go back and they're actually like a, not a lot of good modern thrash metal. I kind of want to get into, you know, really? I'm check it out yeah no it's like they had like modern thrash like that was havoc? this week's section so it was good shit i just don't know in the bands did, i didn't write them down
2: did they have havoc Ah, uh, yes they did yes that's a killer new album that's the one with the job it's, for a cowboy basis and everything
0: oh okay yeah no that was really good and then uh some i forget it's some start with
2: a V. shoddy brought him up before but that sh- shit was tight too shoddy what uh i know you got some good shit because i listened to it a little bit already
1: yeah, so um there's this band out of Boston, um Repire I have no idea how to say the name. Um It's got an it's, L in it, so uh, Replic Replica. Replicier. I see I didn't know if the L was silent. I have no idea, man. Um the album is Do Not Deviate. We'll have the name in the notes so you'll be able to see yeah. it and search it. But yeah, they're so it's like some extreme um, death metal. They just they have some melodic shit in there with the vocals, but it switches it up real quick on you. So they'll go from like a gruesome, and then I don't want to call them beautiful, but there's some clean singing that's nice. It's a nice you know touch the way that they throw it in with the brutality and with what we you know tend to want to hear and expect to hear from death metal so this was the
2: uh one that was kind of techy and proggy at the same time
1: i guess i you can kind of call them proggy but i that's the next that was my no, next i know album. i know the next one
2: definitely too but this one kind of had that like yeah. longer song structure and changes throughout it went into the clean and i don't know it seemed like it was like more of that kind of style
1: yeah i mean i they do they do switch it out and that's i guess why it's i kind of said like technical because it's I don't know that I'd go proggy, but I feel like I'm just being, you know, fucking mm-hmm. tomato tomato with that one. Um, I don't know. I just, I like it a lot. I do agree with you on that. They do change it up a lot. And I guess that's kind of why they sold me. Cause it was just refreshing. I would well, why recommend don't we listen to it. Yeah. Well, let's listen to it. I like spider song, but the, the, the track album, or I'm saying the title track album, do not deviate is also a very, very, very good song, but I just didn't want to, do that and throw that at you but spider song which follows it up is also a gem. What did you guys think of that? I, I really like that, man. Like
2: like I said, the cleans work really yeah. well.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with Jason. Yeah, the cleans work really well, and I was digging it for sure. It's uh interesting.
2: Yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. It's, it keeps your attention throughout it because there's a lot of changes mm-hmm. in there, tempo changes, grooves, cool riffs, and then, you know, it's not like it's a clean chorus. It's just like there's clean sections, and it's yeah. pretty cool stuff, man.
1: The clean shit th- really threw me off at first. I was like, it came in, and I didn't really... Honestly, I was like, I was about to turn it off. I was like, if this is the way that it's going, <laughs> fuck this noise. But then, you know, I kept listening and then they kept just switching it up so much that it wasn't just, you know, clean singing with highlights of screaming. It was screaming with highlights of clean singing, which is the way that it should be if you're going to use any clean singing at all. No but cleans. I guess we should move on. Yeah, no cleans.
3: <laughs> yeah, dude, that's cool. That's, no cool. that's one n- you kind of
2: have... You have to listen to, like, a full song to get a good feel for it, but that's sweet. Yeah, exactly. Season of Mist, too, which anything they put out is usually pretty freaking solid, so. Oh, yeah. <clears throat>
1: hey, we should do the rest of this podcast like this. No clean <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no clean podcast. But Please Jason, keep what do you going the whole time. See how long you can Dude, go. It's going to start hurting after a while. <laughs> I'm going to tap out now so we can finish.
2: <laughs> All right, well, uh... One of my picks. I'll start with Full of Hell. Uh, they just released a new track called "Deluminate." I don't know if you guys ever paid attention to Full of Hell at all, but um, no, I have not. For anybody, yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, they kind of started as more of like a power violence hardcore band, and then kind of expanded into more of like a, a little bit of grind, you know, some some death metal, power violence, and then. They always have this like real noisy aspect, noise, noise sound to them. Um, they're really fucking experimental. They they had a split with Nails last year. It's it's kind of, you know if you're someone who kind of like that that Nails album from last year, you know this might be a band you could get into if you haven't listened before.
1: Uh, just That's, quick quick question, I guess. Um, yeah. So song length wise, does it hit you like Nails or do they tend yes. to? Yes. This okay, song so is
2: uh fifty seconds.
1: Very nice. Okay.
2: so why don't you guys just hit play and uh and then i'll I'll
1: talk to you in 50 seconds yeah all right
2: straight to the point hits you hard done yeah i was digging it very uh deathy yeah deathy grind yeah well that's the thing with these guys longer well that's the thing man the whole once you get the whole album it's gonna you know you're gonna get all that but they're a weird fucking band you know because they they go all over the place like that one there has some old school death metal vibes mixed in with some of the grindy stuff but i mean they put out albums Like uh, collaborative albums, like with other bands, like they did one with this noise guy, that are like just really, really experimental. They're just like a really forward-thinking band. Like they don't just ever put out one album that's the same. They're always trying something new, and uh, it's just so it keeps things fresh and exciting. Like that, honestly, they're one of my right now. They're one of my favorite bands. Like I haven't been able to stop listening to them, and it's cool because you can throw on different albums and EPs and splits that they've done, and everything's different, but everything's got that same level of basically of aggression. Yeah, could you? Who do you I think produced that one? I can't to listen
1: to the rest of that shit. Kurt Ballou. Ballou. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I could have guessed it.
0: <laughs> it's becoming a pattern. Jason's going to bring out a Kurt Ballou production every <laughs> week. Yeah, every week
1: it's some fucking new Kurt Ballou shit, dude. Very likely. They, Good I for mean, you though.
2: <laughs> they uh, they never worked <laughs> with them before this one, but it's like it's like the perfect match. And and uh, I
1: was just going to say that's right up his alley, man. Like for him to have not done that would have been stupid almost. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, I mean they've done splits with like Code Orange. Like I said, they did a split with Nails, and they're fucking. They're an interesting band. So if you liked that at all, like you kind of have to check it out. Decibel just gave the new one that's coming out in a couple months a nine out of ten. So it's it's one to watch. And uh, we're gonna. I I did an interview with the vocalist, which we'll have out in a little bit too. And and it was real badass. I mean the vocals on the whole everything they do. That guy is just. He's one of those insane vocalists. He's got so much range. He sounds insane all the time. So I don't know, man, even just for the vocals, listen to it. But that's it for me for that one. Staudi, what else you got?
1: So we're going to do a new segment. You know how um, Metal Sucks does, or whoever, I don't know who it is. Whatever site on the internet that does shit about metal, they do the unrecognizable or unreadable metal logo of the week. Right, we yeah, should, yeah. We should do with the band that Shoddy can't fucking pronounce every single week. Because <laughs> it's seriously, man, it's like...
2: Well, you're always bringing the in disguise. these random-ass
1: bands. Dude, I'm sorry. I guess I should... That's my fault, I guess. I should stop stop doing that. But, um, Mine this are is easily band, pronounceable. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. But <laughs> I guess getting into this band, um, it's called... Well, this band is called Sentience, I guess, so I can pronounce that. I just can't pronounce the name of the album. Um... Ul O L E K A. It'll be in the notes. I again I'm sorry. But this is a UK band, very progish. Um if you're a fan of uh, Tesseract, um Jason, I'm Tesseract drawn to blank. is definitely what...
2: the main thing I thought of.
1: But uh Periphery is another one. I get some some you know hints of Periphery in there as well. Yeah. But it's definitely more of the new Prague. Um clean singing again. Gent. More, oh yeah. yeah they throw a lot of the, the gent in there although I don't like that word as you all probably know <laughs> um, it's just it's a short album is my only gripe about it but it is you know that journey so I mean it's a nice listen from start to finish and I guess in the prog sense it's not too long where I feel like it's a chore to get done with the album so the, the Penal Gland is the track that I'm recommending you guys listen to but like I said it being a prog album it's that's like you know the the part of the whole thing. So yeah. listen to it front to back. It's a good album. I just for the no clean singing fans. I apologize. <laughs> There's lots of clean. There's a lot singing of clean here. This. Yeah, a lot of clean. Very here. nice
2: though. Nice clean singing.
1: I yeah. The the vocalist does have some chops. He can. I mean, his range is very nice. <laughs> it's like that ethereal
2: um, kind of Tesseracty, just like you know, it, floating like kind of singing.
1: Yeah, but and then when he he like. He does his cleans into his like screams or into some of the more aggressive parts and I just really like how he he transitions between the two.
2: Dan, what'd you think
0: of yeah, that? Well, the heavy parts, uh, the cleans, uh, you know how I feel about that <laughs> shit. But uh, actually, the heavy parts remind me a lot of after the burial. Out of all the ones we just talked about, I thought it was more after the burial-ish. Really? Maybe the vocals and just the way the guitar sounded, yeah.
2: I'm still, I'm still feeling th- a ton tesseract. of Tesseract.
0: Yeah, I didn't <laughs> really get that much into Tesseract, though. So. Yeah.
1: I mean, I can I can hear it, Stan. I I can I can vibe with you on that because yeah, I guess the heavy parts, especially not having an ear for for Tesseract, I can get how it sounds like that. But I don't know. I listened to the album, you know, a couple times front to back. I just really like the way that it flowed. So I guess if you want a good prog album to put on from start to finish, it's a good one to yeah. listen to.
2: Yeah, I liked it. I, I'm I'm down with the clean vocals on that, so that doesn't bother me at all. I, I liked it. I mean, I'd like to hear some more with some some of the heavier stuff and all that, but. I thought it was cool.
1: Yeah, what else do you have for us, Jason? Because I don't I don't stand. do you have are we just are we being a dying horse here? You don't have anything else, do you? <laughs> uh no. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. Has your new
2: girlfriend has it been more of like you've been getting into the pop music, Katy Perry? No, I actually the it's just weird. I haven't been listening to music really at all. It's just
0: weird. No, it's not it's not like I'm listening no, it's not like I'm listening to anything, anything else. It's just yeah just kind of been stagnant on the music end of
2: things. Well, we'll ask her next time we see her, but anyways, okay, next one you I do have.
1: That. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pissed. <laughs>
2: uh, next one I have is uh, X Dio. Yeah, album... yeah. 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 <laughs> the, uh, the album is <laughs> their third album. It's called the Ra- or not the rise of Hannibal. It's called the immortal wars. But the track that I was gonna talk about is the Rise of Hannibal. But um, we've talked about them before. We talked about them on the Battle Metal episode that we did. Songs yes, we to did. Uh, yeah, ride into battle with. And uh, Shotty, did you listen to it yet? Yeah, I know you like you had it on your on the file, but
1: I listened to a couple of tracks. I really really liked what I heard, and I was really really pumped. But then just a bunch of other shit got you know ahead of it in line. Yeah. So no, I listened to what you know the Rise of the Hannibal. Um, and then I think it was, you know, maybe the first two or three songs.
2: It's the vocalist from Cataclysm and everything. And this is a side project on basically Roman history, you know, kind of like how Nile does Egypt or Amana kind of does the Viking thing. They're doing the Roman army historic thing, which is kind of cool. I mean, it hasn't really been done. So it's kind of a fresh concept. You know, if yeah. you're anything like me and kind of dig that kind of older historical kind of stuff in metal then it you know it's it's an easy in for me like i already want to check it out always so it's not much different than the last two albums if you've heard the last two but if you like the last two you're definitely gonna like this one a B- little better production like i said really cool concept it's like the punic wars if you know anything about history and um it's got a heavy symphonic element so i know we've talked about flash god apocalypse before you know that might be like another point of reference something like that but um
1: yeah i was you're gonna honestly say the same thing it, it's they're both in that. I don't. I mean, I don't know of many other bands that sound like the two of them, or that you know. I guess you could lump together.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, it's nothing. It's not very technical, you know, like Nile can get or anything. It's more like Fleshgod, where it's just you know the songwriting and it's got cool, really cool riffs in it and grooves. So, um, and, and actually, let's just go ahead and play the song "The Rise of Hannibal," and we'll do it. Where it kind of it has kind of a cool build up into a pretty badass groove section.
4: Father, on this day, I promise to never be a friend of
2: You like that oh yeah
0: I actually uh I actually did listen to this I forgot I did I was it brought back memories when I listened back to it just now but uh I, I was digging oh, that yeah
2: yeah what what did you think of the album
0: uh I didn't listen to the full album I kind of listened to tracks here and there but uh I kind of it's legit I like it I kind of like the flesh god more from comparing the two mm, you know okay. what I mean just because it's more I guess catchier this is more harder for sure you know what I mean? it's Yeah,
1: I could see that. Well, I mean, I, I guess it's it sort of fits with the times. I mean, I guess this is just a darker era. It's a little, it's yeah, a little yeah. more so like... It's yeah. just trying
2: to be... A little more barbaric. Like, it's got a lot more of the chanting and, like, battle cries yeah. and shit like mm-hmm. that, you know, which is a little I, more I, up my
1: alley. I guess that that aspect of it, you know, I guess makes me think of um, Amana Marth. Right, for sure. You, you know, with the chants. But, yeah, it's still... I mean, it's, it I'm li- sensing some good workout music. Some yeah good shit to get you pumped up um if we did another battle um episode they would probably have some songs in there yeah so yeah they, they yeah. definitely
2: live somewhere between like a monomarth and flesh god it's kind of like take the two combine it add a little roman and boom
1: yep yeah i definitely i did like it though i'm i can't wait to listen to the rest of it
2: being that i'm half uh italian stallion you know strikes a chord with me <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, this might be the last episode we do, everybody. <laughs> we oh,
2: never mind. I'm not going there. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've got one more. Should I save it or?
1: Yeah, I guess. Because I, I don't really have anything else. Yeah, I'll save it. All right. So, um, I guess for our album review this week, we have the newest album from Darkest Hour, Godless Prophet, and the Migrant Flora. <laughs> So as you guys may have known or maybe didn't know, they did this whole, you know, kickstarting uh, or maybe have been on Indiegogo or whatever. They tried to crowdfund this. They didn't do it on a label or I guess they did it independently. So I think
0: I remember hearing that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that I mean, it was I mean, Stan, guess who who produced it? Oh,
0: um, (laughs) fuck. I
1: don't even know. To just well, take a wild theme. guess, dude. It's What's the theme of the episode? The why do you think I like Dudes this album is, so much? Yeah, why does Jason like it? Kurt Ballou? Yeah, yeah he, yep. No yep. shit. Yes. That's
2: fucked yep. up to me, actually. Why do you think it's so fucking good?
1: Yeah, oh, I guess, God. yeah, why do you think it's oh, so wait, fucking wait. good? Oh, wait, wait, I sense wait, a change where? in Stan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
0: no, it's just fucked up to me, because it's just, uh, it's, I wouldn't have picked that out. Yeah.
2: If you just. If you It'll, just listen to
1: that first track, I feel like you'll hear it. It sticks out, yeah. Because you could definitely. Well, we're, we gotta hit the brakes, pump the brakes. <laughs> Let's go ahead and give it a rating, real quick. Um, Stan, you go ahead and start. Uh, anywhere from like an eight to eight and a half. I like
2: it. J- yeah. Jason, I'm about an eight and a half to a nine, maybe even.
1: Okay, I'm gonna not fuck around. It's. I'll give it a nine. Yeah, it's it's uh, so, definitely
2: right around there
1: yeah so i guess what what did we like about it well i guess real quick though did anybody have any any quarrels with the whole indiegogo bullshit because i know that's been out there with you know some other bands doing it i think it's bad i
2: always think it's good you know what i mean they they decided to go without a label they've been doing this they've been a band for 21 years they've had uh eight albums and so they've tried everything and i know they want to try and make some fucking money off it and you know so they and did use a label so to release it after, like for the distributing, it, but...
1: Yeah, but that's Southern what my Lord. question was. I guess, why, why did they do that? Why did they decide to... Was it for creative rights or was it to try to make a little bit more money? I have no problem. I'm just strictly...
2: Well, they just wanted to see if have some of the money go to them instead of the label. They were like, you know...
1: And I think... Oh. Well, I don't know if I
2: asked him about it in my interview, but when you have a label, they were. I think he had said in the past, like it's they don't do that much for you besides promote it and so that's why they they use the label for that reason like they have management promoting them and all that so i don't know i think it's i think it's a good way to do it
1: i i agree man fuck the labels the money should all go to the bands I, that's what i was just want i just didn't know if they were pissed off with creative rights you know what i'm saying I was yeah they mentioned that too. why they did it okay well they yeah, more that. power to them that's that's ball and fuck the labels
2: where um, uh, what would you you guys? I know we've all had some experience with Darkest Hour before this album. How, where do you guys go back with them?
1: Uh, wow, uh, Deliver Us was that the album? I believe it came out in two thousand seven yeah, or something. That was my first too. Yeah, that was my first. So I mean, I mean, I remember seeing them at uh, Dirt Fest uh, mm-hmm. in 08, I believe, or 09, one of the two years. I forgot what year it was, but the yeah, year. I, the year. Yeah, um, but yeah, I've. I fell off a little bit with them, but recently I've been starting to listen to some of their their stuff, like the album that they had out in two thousand fourteen. Their self titled, I think that's a great album. It's overlooked, really? or it was overlooked by me at the time. So I really yeah, like
2: it. I wasn't big on that one. It was a little too. Okay, uh, I don't know. Like the like, clean stuff didn't really work for me too much. Some of some of it's good. Some of that album's good, but definitely wasn't my favorite. But I like Deliver Us was was the one that got me into them. And then yeah. I remember going back a little bit and. Hidden Hands of a Sadist Nation, that one's probably my favorite one. That's the Frederick Nordstrom one. They did it in Gothenburg. They have At The Gates members on it. You know, it's very thrashy and just in that vein, you know. So I'd say those mm-hmm. are my two favorites, like, going into this before I listened to it. Like, those were kind of the ones I'd listened to. And I didn't really listen to a lot of their other stuff. But what about you, Stan?
1: Yeah, see, I hadn't listened to either one of those albums in so long. the The last album of theirs that I listened to was the 2014 release just because I wanted to yeah you know before this came out but yeah what about you stan sorry
0: oh thank you for letting me speak
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> um actually, actually it, yeah. <laughs> so
0: um but yeah what, what else do you
2: think about like with the album and
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I actually first time I heard him was on a victory Records sampler I think it became it came with uh between the Barry and me Alaska's album. it was one of those CDs they put three songs on stick it in there nice um I actually didn't like it at all, oh really So it was like one of those bands, yeah, I kind of got into them the uh, deliver us era, but i I listened to them a long time ago just because of that reason. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm I'm with you guys. Deliver Us was like that album that just gets you hooked,
2: right? Right. So kind of so okay. So we were all going into this having not listened to him in a while, then. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, Shoddy, Okay, because yes. you went from the last album to this one, which is fucking pretty, night, pretty not night and day, yeah. but pretty damn different.
1: But yeah, I would definitely agree with you. It is pretty different.
2: And that's what you said. Like, what do we like about it? I mean, for me, I guess that's and, what yeah. I like about it. I mean, it's. 10 times more muscular, it's fucking heavy, it's like blue production.
1: So it's like, I guess, I I thought I knew what Darkest Hour, you know, or what the sound that I come to expect from Darkest Hour, and they still gave me that on this album, but they, you know, they stepped it up to the next level. They just started, you know, they, I don't want to say reinvented themselves. I guess maybe we could say reinvent themselves. They kind of did. I don't know, they just, I guess... Yeah, I mean I so I they guess I yeah, we could back. say that. They just they showed it. They kinda that went back to the early stuff. But they, they then went, also added
2: yeah. some some elements, I think.
1: Yep. Yeah, I I completely agree. It's it's just an evolution of their sound. You know, they're just doing new shit. They're trying new stuff. I don't know how much Kurt had to do with that. That's the thing is I would love to hear these songs, you know, I guess before production. Yeah. Like I wish a band would do that once. Like here's what we were gonna bring to the table. I- well, I guess and bands is, have done that. I just wish it was done more often. But yeah, here's what we brought to the table. Fuck here's that, what dude. Was I don't want to hear this without That'd him on be it. Awesome. That's
2: the reason. Like I feel like he added, <laughs> he oh, added so you. much to this album, though, dude. Yeah. You can hear him all over it.
1: You can, but I, that's what I just want to. I mean, I'm not. You know, I don't listen to his shit like you do. But I can yeah, definitely tell where there's stuff that I guess doesn't sound like Darkest Hour, right. but it fits. And I guess those are. the... I blue, asked him in the interview, so know, he goes... Elements he does go into it a I'm little hearing. bit, and he
2: explains, like, on the first song, uh, like, things that he added. I'll, I'll, I don't want to go into it, because you guys can listen to it, but um, he goes into a little bit on, like, what he added to it, and it sounds like he did have a hand into it, you know, besides just the sound of it, you know, but uh, I don't yeah, just... Yeah. I mean, even besides, like, whatever he did for them writing-wise or anything like that, like, I just feel like this is the best sound they've had. Like, I like all their old stuff, and Deliver Us, you know, it's got... I think that was by... um uh, What's that bald dude? Bald dude. He's in that proggy band... Oh, Devin Townsend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Devin Townsend, you know, like compared to something like that where it's like really clean and clear and like that stuff's good, but I just feel like this gives it that but, yeah. raw edge that's just like for a band, you know, 20 years in, it gives it that extra rawness and just intensity to me. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I feel it. Fucking you, man. this first song, dude. That's what that's what pulled me into it and be like I do want to review this album, Knife in the Safe Room. Dude, it just comes out like mm-hmm. a fucking charging ram like it hits so hard it goes like full speed until like the chorus and then you get like a little break with some catchy you know not clean singing at all but it's got a little bit of catchiness in there goes back into the heavy shit ends on some chuggy cool riffs like perfect song i think like don't change anything about it perfect way to start it off
1: yeah no i honestly i think the whole album is a fucking it it's I mean, I don't want to say it's a masterpiece, but it's pretty damn, I mean, you can, you know, listening to it from start to finish, there there aren't that many lag periods, I mean, even the little teaser instrumental thing, Widow, yeah. that they put number eight, that's a beautiful little segment, I fucking I loved it, but yeah, I mean, I really, really liked Timeless Numbers, yeah, I mean, the heavy, the chugging, I knew that everybody else was going to like that one too, Would it's that's just your the favorite? bounciness,
0: it's my favorite for sure.
1: Yeah, the the bounciness of that song is fucking awesome. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. The
0: groove in it is just Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's got a cool like uh
2: almost like a proggier element to it too in the riffing, you know? Like yeah. not so thrashy. It's more like that groovier some proggy moments like like wandering. I don't know how to explain it exactly, but it's a different feel which is cool. It breaks it up a little bit.
1: could fucking i mean i could just list the songs i mean it, i literally could not find one one song wrong or one song that i did not like on this album
2: i liked uh the flesh and the flowers of death it had like a little more of like a death metal vibe it had like a almost like i don't want to say black metal part but kind of like a tremolo picking build up like a lot of good like with double bass and shit like and then really cool riffs going on in it and then uh and then that track in the name of a Saw. i don't know if you guys noticed that one but it's uh 11 check 11 and it's got this yeah, like yeah. crazy hardcore vibe going on in it mm-hmm. like much less of the you know melodic death metal kind of stuff and way more into straightforward like hardcore yeah yeah
1: would, would you say that it leaned on a metalcore a little bit
2: on the overall yeah.
1: or or would you think that it was a straight hardcore feel let's there? ask the
2: genre expert
0: uh I always thought of them more as I know they did like huge metal core vibe to them but I always thought of them more as a melodic death metal band and this one is definitely uh a metalcore album for yeah. sure to me. I'm, I'm it's with you. Just, it's ahead. just got that more of the hardcore feel that it's probably because mm-hmm. of Kurt blue. you know, I never, I honestly didn't know that until you just said it 10 minutes ago. I didn't yeah. know he produced this. So it was interesting. It makes the, sense.
2: Doesn't it? Yeah. I'm with you though. Like I always thought of them more as melodic death metal, you know, but the, the it's like each album is different though. And these, the thing about them is they started as a hardcore band. So you can always hear that in there. But they're yeah. different like then you know, it's like you say metalcore. And I feel like a lot of people are going to be like, eh, I don't want to listen to them. But it's not exactly, metalcore in the way but... that the newer stuff is. It's metalcore in the way that they were hardcore kids. And then they listen to at the gates and all that shit. And, it, you know, there's some there's always a hardcore background in it. But it's never the like lame stuff you're hearing nowadays. You know what yeah, I mean? It's
0: like huge Swedish
2: influence. To... Yeah. But yeah, this new one definitely has that hardcore vibe in it for sure. It's kind of all over the place, though, you know? Yeah. It's a hard one to like pin down, like you know, genre wise, but it's just fucking metal for sure. I liked it because it
0: was one of those albums you can listen to in the morning, then like after lunch you can listen to it again, and it's not bothering you. You know, what I mean, like yeah. you could just listen to it all the time. Yeah. I wouldn't say back to back, but you know, you can listen
2: multiple times in the day and don't get tired with it whatsoever. I agree. It has enough variety in it, and then John Henry, the vocalist, too. Like I think he did a great job on this on this album.
1: I, uh, yeah, I, I yeah, I mean agree, he man. he
2: left the clean stuff from the last album, but I think it's cool. You know, he just it's like fuck it, let's just go all out. There's like only barely any clean moments in it, but he does cool. You know, he still incorporates some of the like catchier, you know, pitch kind of screaming or, and stuff like that. So I think he did a badass
0: yeah, job. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: He did
0: good, but I never thought he never did good though. That's the one thing I wasn't like I wasn't blown away by his performance on this album just because he's always been. I always like really like looked at him that way. Like he's a really good singer. So yeah, yeah I don't so know. I've completely I guess as man. a band and music wise, yes, it was a big step up, but like as him just singling him out, I don't know.
2: Right. No, exactly. Yeah. It's not like he stepped up and did anything too different. You know, no, I just no. think, I just, I just think the intensity, it just, I, I appreciate how he kind of like was like, fuck it. I, I don't, you know, he did the clean stuff last time. He didn't feel like he had to keep doing it. And he just yeah. went like with the intensity on this one. I just think he nailed it. But Yeah check it out it's an awesome album and uh listen to the interview to hear more about it yeah all right
1: before you listen to that interview we have
0: we have uh well we've been we kind of waiting a little bit to talk about these guys but uh lamb of god sacrament throwback album review
1: rate this because I think I think all the throwbacks, is it a given that all the throwbacks are gonna be inherent tens, or is that just me? <laughs> then I think if if that is the case, I already gave my rating away. Um I don't <laughs> think we have to rank it necessarily,
2: but I don't know what I would rank it if I was going to give it a number. You know, it's different with these throwbacks, is obviously we 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 always pick something that we all like. But I don't I don't know a number. Yeah, Steve, but do you have a number?
1: I, just, uh,
0: I wouldn't go 10. I don't think it's a complete masterpiece, but I mean, yeah, it's definitely a nine, nine and a half. You know, it's just an amazing album. Okay, yeah. well, I guess the reason I say that is, and I've said it many times, like they're a very recent new, um, listen Discovery. for me. I, I never liked this band and this kind of, this album is what did it, like brought me into this band. So that's why- Oh, really? I, it's special to me, yes.
2: I didn't know what you're, okay,
0: yeah. So this is like, yeah, that's what got me into Lamb of God.
2: This is, this is oh, definitely... was it
1: any track in particular?
0: No, I mean the whole album.
2: I mean... Oh, okay, yeah, I we'll just didn't know if so,
1: you heard something first that... Like if it was, no, you know, no. Requiem or something.
2: Yeah, this this was the first album that I was exposed to him. I, I was exposed to it when it came out, but I didn't really appreciate it that much. Like, I remember hearing Redneck, and I knew who Lamb of God were before that, and I just, whatever, I never really liked it that much. I wasn't into the whole groove metal thing at the time. And... But then I heard Redneck, and I was like, "Oh, this is actually pretty fucking good." And so I always kind of kept them on the radar and, and liked them, but it never really full in, you know. And then it's kind of like I got reignited when they put out that um, the one in 2015, and mm. so it kind of pulled me back in. But but yeah, I mean, so this is kind of the one that you know kind of grabbed me first too.
1: That's actually I don't really I mean I guess yeah so it's a nine and a half because I guess Redneck is the song on the album that I don't really like. I guess really, I, yeah, I don't know why. It's I, not my honestly, favorite either. It's Yeah, it's not my favorite. I mean, I listen, I'll listen to it. It's just not my favorite. I mean... I don't know. It's just...
0: The the first track, that's what... It just... It starts Walk out... Walk With Me and In then, Hell. Yeah, it just <laughs> the way it starts and then you just can't turn the album off after that. Like,
2: <laughs> I don't know. It's definitely a highlight. Yeah. Walk With Me In Hell. See, I like Redneck a lot still. And, uh... What the fuck the P song? Pathetic? Yeah, Pathetic. I mean, like, all those songs... And then I was going to say, like, uh, Black and the Cursed Sun," Like, all those songs are so catchy, but while being so, like, aggressive, too. Like, there's those sing-alongs and almost sing-along moments in almost every song. And parts that, you like, after you listen to the album, you're going to still be... It's in your head after the fact.
3: Mm -hmm. Which is why I think it's such a a good album.
1: Yeah, it's because the energy that they throw into the album, I guess... And I don't want to say a short amount of time because it's 46 minutes, but it's just... I don't, you know what I'm saying? It's, I don't really like thrash metal that much, but this is, I guess, completely, you know, different to me. Well, no, you're, you're on it. I mean, you're right. Here. Cause it's,
2: it's, It they take the thrash stuff, but then they add in the groove aspect it, yeah, to it exactly. and that Southern yeah. influence and all that shit. And it, it takes it to a different place, you know?
1: like the part of uh, requiem like when the chorus sets in it's just so fucking good that you just want to start jumping up and down <laughs> screaming with them
0: exactly what it is it's a jump up and down album like I don't yeah that's all you want to do is just sit there and bob up and down up and down
1: right because even walk with me in hell like it's a little bit slower but it's still like you could just the whole time yeah that's kind of capture that that, yeah yeah yeah. it's like almost uh yeah yeah it's like that wave uh, motion kind of Mm -hmm. where you're just like going back and forth yeah it's especially when that fucking solo kicks in too on the, on, You've been uh, swaying back and forth for so long and then it just in starts shredding. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. I was gonna mention the solos in this album because uh Mark uh Morton? Morton. Mark Morton. Uh I think I know he adds in all those like bluesy kind of more soulful kind of solos and shit. And I feel like that's what I really like about this album too, is like, you know, it came out around, it came out around the time of like or this this band especially came out in the new wave of American heavy metal, you know, with Kill Switch and all that kind of stuff, but yet you know, they're so separate from that, like with, you know, you're not going to hear that kind of soloing in a lot of the other metalcore bands and that kind of stuff that came out back then. It's like they're taking all these different elements and throwing it in there and just gives it this different vibe all over to it. You know what I mean? Like more organic, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's funny you mentioned the solos cuz I actually was watching videos earlier. And I don't want to take it any away from like I agree 100% what you just said about this guy Mark. What's his name? Mark Morton. Yeah. Yeah, the solos are amazing, but uh there's uh I didn't know this, but uh Paul Wagner from BT Bam actually toured with them for a little bit like filling in. Hmm. And there's like YouTube videos, and if you go online or like go online and watch him, like he kind of like blows all of Mark Morton's solos (laughs) out of the water, Uh, just because he like he keeps like the same you know the same vibe, but then he puts like his like take on it. It's like really cool to watch. I don't want I hate like saying that because I I don't want to take anything away from his like
2: I don't know, know. but I but it I I, actually I do want to check that out now. But I just think it's it's tasteful and on the the album, I just think it works really well. They're not he's not going nuts. It's just. They, he keeps it tasteful, but yet it like gives it that soulful feel to it. You I, know,
0: I guess that's why it was interesting to watch it because you like you pick up on the solos and you think they're so amazing. And then you see like someone else's take on them, though. It's mm. kind of cool to you know. I'm I not taking anything check away out. from them. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I I, I agree. I want to check that out too. I agree with you though, Jason, on the solos though. Like it's that perfect like melodic jazzy hook that he throws in there where it's not just a straightforward shred solo right like it's one of those like he's the vocalist he's taking center stage he's singing for a minute it's not just a show like oh look at how fast i can Mm -hmm. play or how well i can play and yeah yeah, exactly yeah man it's some real good shit i
2: I think overall well like it's funny when i when i listen to this album because i really wasn't in the mood to do this this week uh i know Shadi, you've been listening to lamb of god so much and i was like fuck yeah why don't we just do it you know and uh for some reason I was in more of that full of hell, you know, really aggressive, noisy, you know, kind of music lately.
0: Kurt Ballou mm-hmm. production. Yeah, yeah, we get anything, it. Anything <laughs> but but not even just
2: that, though. Like like just anything like that was where I was headed. And so when I listened to this and even Darkest Hour at first, it just wasn't where my mood was. It's like it sounds so slow and so simple. But then slowly like by the time this week came around, it was like I finally was fully in on that and it's like it it makes you think though because it's like it's not an overly technical album. They're not doing anything that's like, I mean, it's a very impressive, but nothing's super overly technical. It's more like this is well, a great you're, album. They're like,
1: starting to you know.
2: Well, wait. It's just like a it's like an album that's like awesome to just like you said, bob your head, headbang, drink some beers too, like not think about it too much, but just enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, do you guys well, you're, agree you're, or maybe you're not? You're
1: starting to bleed into what I'm about to ask now. Like I guess why is this? a highly regarded album. I mean it was nominated nominated for a Grammy the year that it came out. I mean it's fucking sold a shitload of copies, still sells copies, even till this day. So you go know to like what is it about Lamb of God? Especially now. Like I could understand maybe if like Sturm and yeah. gonna Butcher It whatever <laughs> came out. If that came out in two thousand and you know, six when this album came out I could completely understand, you know, like where the fucking shit would be. Because that album musically is fucked up. Yeah. This is more straightforward. Well, I know what I th- but why is it that it, it got so much appeal? I love it. I'm not trying to take anything away. I'm just trying to figure That's it out. That's a good out. question. Where I know what I think. Stan, w-
2: what do you think? I want to hear your opinion.
0: It's the same. Uh, it's kind of like how. Why is Pantera big? Like, mm-hmm. they just. They can capture. I think it's the rhythm. Like, the. You know, it's got that catchy. I don't know. I
2: it's hard one. It, what 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 are you gonna say? Cause, well, you're going exactly. I think I think I'm. We're on the same wavelength because that's kind of where I was gonna go with it. It's it is. It's the rhythm section, and yet it's the it's the simplicity. It's the groovy simplicity. Like, it's got the aggression, but yet everything on it is catchy and rem- and memorable. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's got the grooves in there. So everything has that, like, swagger and groove to it and memorable parts to it. And there's so many hits on this album. I mean, you've got Walk With Me and Hell. You know, Redneck was a hit, even if, you know, you're not huge on it. Um, like I said, when you get into uh, fucking hell, uh, what's the P1 again? Pathetic. <laughs> yeah, when you <laughs> get <pathetic>. into You're <laughs> pathetic.
1: Yeah, you're pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> when you get <laughs>
2: pathetic, I mean, everything, it's like I can, I, can, I can sing along to that in my head right now. Uh, uh, that yeah. part where he's just like it, singing yeah, pathetic, just, you know, all that kind of shit in there. It's like, it's a huge sounding album. It's got the gang chants in it. It's got the, you know.
1: They don't alienate any listener. They no. have something for everybody but out yeah, there.
0: Yeah, it's at the same time, it's like brutal. So it actually appeals to the more extreme metal fans, though, too. Mm-hmm. Like Randy's vocals are badass. Like, you know. That's what I, I want to know. say next. It's just, next. Like, it, it just it's big, like larger than life, like
2: band, like. They just appeal to so many people. And I think Randy, I mean, that's, I feel like we haven't even said anything about that yet, but to me, listening to the albums before this, and then you get to this album, and it's like Randy goes off the chart, like just yeah. trying different things. He sounds so insane. Like the first song, Walk with Me in Hell. Like,
0: yeah, what's that little squeal or whatever <laughs> he does? Like,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all over the place. He does some Phil some moments. Fucking He's good. Up and down. I mean, he just sounds like, you know, unhinged half the time well i
1: think well and and i guess we have to pump the brakes a little bit here because they had the clout to do whatever the hell they wanted at this point so i mean i feel like maybe that's why you what i'm saying like you said listen to the albums before this i mean at this point i mean i don't want to say that they were gambling because they weren't but I, i i mean it was the natural evolution of the band but i mean yeah i get it he was definitely doing a lot of different shit here I mean, just we're looking at it differently because...
2: Ashes of the Wake definitely... I know that they went to like... Off that album, they started getting into the uh, arenas and shit, you know? So then once they put this out, mm-hmm. it was just like all eyes on them. They were huge at that point. And I know they mm-hmm. went into a new... Well, they had the same producer as Ashes, uh, Machine. but um, Yeah, Machine. I know on this one, they he worked with them a ton. And I know like from interviews, Randy said the biggest thing was he didn't really work with them on the instrument part of it or you know the music writing but he worked with them the most with Randy on his vocals and like song arrangement you know getting those he was kind of more outside the metal realm so getting those more songs that appeal to people you know getting it to where it's memorable Mm -hmm. and not like necessarily like traditional song structure but like maybe a little more towards that knowing what catches and all that so I think that's what kind of sets it apart from the other ones too is being a little bit more of like a a huge album for them but i did think that was interesting yeah. how randy was pushed more and I, I feel like you can really hear it if you just listen to his performance throughout it
0: it's like what yeah. you said earlier Shadi. be interesting to listen to the like the pre-production of this album and see what like he did like you know it could be a completely different album like just mm-hmm. br- like more brutal metal-ish like stuff so
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: You guys might be interested. There's yeah, I docu- love that shit. There's a documentary on this, the making of this album, and it goes into like the studio uh-huh. stuff, and it sh- you know goes into like a lot of that. It's actually you guys probably like it. Oh no, nice. should yeah, it's uh, on YouTube. Yeah, but uh, uh, what?
1: um, I guess one last thing. Do you guys know the meaning behind "Walk with Me in Hell"?
2: No, no.
1: It I got it's a love song to mm-hmm. his. I don't know if it was his wife at the time, but like uh, the the journey that he's taken. Because being a performer on the road takes him away from his family, it's almost like um, he's—they've been through so much shit before that they could walk through hell together and they would still be fine. So I guess that's—he's appealing to—he's
2: appealing to women now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of the—I guess the—the story behind that song.
2: I did not know that. I know, like he said, isn't there a lot of it's like real dark shit? But I guess not that one. Yeah,
1: I guess. But yeah, I guess that Well, it's kind of some dark shit because it's almost like you know, I'm I'm sorry at the time for all the shit that we've done but oh. because you know we've been through that. I've been away, so yeah, I guess it can. It is a little dark, but yeah, it's yeah. I, that's a love song. Have so. you ever
2: heard the rumors about Redneck being about Phil and Salmo?
1: I have, yeah, I have heard those rumors. I don't know if that's it true th- or not, but well, because it and it's interesting that you say that because it coincides around some of the first times he had public displays of bigotry Hmm. so you know
2: maybe well i
1: guess it doesn't that he did that and then that album came out shortly afterwards so who knows yeah who knows because i'm i do know that you know randy's not for any of that shit right so well i hope you guys enjoyed uh that episode um i hope uh we weren't too shitty for you this week we're trying to do uh the best job that we can out here um, sometimes with fucking Jason, it's a little hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> but don't forget to uh, stay tuned for that Darkest Hour interview. Who is that again, one more time, Jason, with? Mike Schleybaum.
2: Super cool, dude. He's kind of funny.
1: Yeah, uh, can't wait to listen to that as well. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, we got some good shit coming up, but I'm not going to ruin anything. I'll keep the surprise fresh like Christmas morning. Um, so I guess this is another episode of Into the Combine. It's to the combine. I should say, I'm Shoddy.
2: Jason,
0: stay in the man. And? You guys stay metal. You are the...
1: So,
2: you, if I heard correctly, you guys are still on the road, right? Oh, yeah.
5: I am sitting in a hotel parking lot in Arizona going to Tucson right now. Just finished the West Coast, and, uh, yeah, we're chilling. Cool, man.
2: Uh, It it was a cool lineup. You guys had Rotten Sound, Ringworm, Rivers of Nile. um, Going pretty good so far?
5: Yeah, and actually, uh, we also have uh, Tombs out with us. They took the place of Rotten Sound because... uh, in Trump's America can't really stay that. These Finns couldn't stay this long. Their visas uh, expired. So uh, we were happy to have them for as long as they could be with us. And um, now we've got tunes as well.
2: Okay, right on, right on. So uh, you guys got the new album out. Are you guys playing a lot of those songs live?
5: Yeah, we're playing about three or four. You know, we don't like to bash the new stuff over people's heads right away. You know, because the fans always want to hear stuff they know. But uh, people have been really receptive to all the new stuff and new songs and just like there's a lot of good energy around it. So uh honestly we yeah, you know, we we could maybe get away with playing more, but like I said, we just don't want to
2: we didn't, didn't want
5: to like barrage everybody right away.
2: The response has been awesome
5: though. You know, so we probably could have gotten away with playing more. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Well I mean shit man, the the new album came out uh like last Friday, I think, the tenth and you guys have been getting amazing reviews so far, so yeah, I would think people are definitely be down to hear some of it.
5: Yeah, I mean, you always gotta take all these reviews with a grain of salt, but it's nice when that they all think that you're good, you know. So <laughs> yeah, right, right now we're uh, highly agreeing with all of the heavy metal writers out there.
2: <laughs> How how'd you guys manage this? I mean, being that I, I mean, I think it's amazing. Everything I've seen online is amazing. Why do you why do you think people are so into this one as of right now?
5: Uh, I mean, I think some of it is timing, and I also think, you know, people want to act like you just got it right on this one, but, like, being in a band is, like, a, a learning, it's a cumulative, cum, cumulative, cum, I can't even say it, cumulative <laughs> experience, uh, you know, with as far as, like, things you're bringing to the table, so I don't think this album could have existed without the history of the band and the stuff we've done in the past, so... I think we just uh, we're just that bottle of, of uh, Jack Daniels that's just aged just right right now.
2: Right, man. Right. Well, because I mean, you guys definitely switched it up from the last album and everything. Was it something like you guys did that one, and then you just wanted to kind of hit it harder on this one, or, or what was the idea behind going this direction on this one?
5: Well, I think every album is is different. You know, I mean, they're not. I don't. I don't think that we wanted to go at it like as a reaction to the last one. It's just. But it is more, we did like a super melodic album and took it there on the last record. And as you kind of always strive to do something different creatively every time, it just made sense to sort of take a swing in another direction. But if you play songs off self-titled, the last album, live right next to songs off this new record, where you take the production aspect out of it, the songs all sit together. So um, Darkest Hour... Play songs on this tour from albums that are 20 years old and the brand new album and they all sit right next to each other almost as if the whole set could be an album because with the band playing it it's sort of like i don't know it almost translates it all together
2: yeah oh that that makes a lot of sense um so you you're talking about yeah with the production you guys went with Kurt Ballou, which uh one of my favorite producers what uh what was it that made you guys want to go with them is there like certain albums he's done that, you're, that you really liked or, or what was the idea behind it?
5: Well, we've always been a fan of his production. We always kind of wanted uh, him to work with us, but I think this time we were really looking for someone who understood what it was to record bands not on the computer. So like, even though this was done in Pro Tools with the computer, he still had the approach of someone who's recorded on multi-track tapes his whole life and made albums that are disgusting and distorted and without without second-guessing the artist. And, you know, some producers are very concerned with the overall sheenness, the cleanness of their recordings. And mm-hmm. Kurt was just, like, the right guy to come in and, and be able to just allow the band and the, the band's style to shine through and not, not really hinder it, you know?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, okay, because um, that's definitely what I like most about his uh his albums, just... They do have that raw vibe to it which you can really hear on, on your guys' latest one. One of my favorite things about it just I feel like you really captured you guys in a really cool way. So what what did he add to it? Did he, did he help you guys with any writing or was it ideas or, or what was his role with the recording process?
5: Well, actually uh, there's a lot of different little little things that came in and said try this or try that. I mean, the I think the most obvious to me is the first song on the album was the least changed. Uh, of all the songs, you know, I had the lyrics first, it felt good. We're like, damn, this is the opener. But when we got in the studio, we actually ended the like closing mosh. That's like real, just like, it's real kind of definitively a little Baloo style. And, um, Mm -hmm. I just, you know, it was weird because I never, I didn't think a, he was going to really get involved with any of the writing because it seemed like we were done. It seemed like that wasn't like his style but it just was one of those things that organically happened, and that song slams hard at the end, and it's all due to him, you know?
3: Right, so had, okay. He
5: had, he had a little bit of writing here and there. He'd just snip in, but it was all under the, you know, hat of a producer. He really just produced the album well.
2: Right, yeah. That, that It's funny you mentioned that first song, because that's definitely one of my favorite ones. But it's cool, because this album, you guys have songs like that, which are just super in-your-face slamming. And then you get to a song like uh, track 3 um, blanking on the name, but it's got a lot more of that yeah. progressive sounding riffs and right. stuff like that. So that's a cool mix you guys have.
5: Yeah, Timeless Numbers is the song you're talking about. And there's definitely like elements of this prog, uh, you know, musical uh, black hole that we like to go down occasionally on the albums. But I think we just try to do a good balance since there isn't a ton of, you know, o- obvious melodic, kind of passages here where they're like super melodious it's just really heavy so to kind of break that up you've got to have different elements of it you know
2: for sure yeah just like you guys have that the instrumental in there it's a cool break you know it kind of separates the album a little bit gives you a minute and then jumps back in which yeah, i think works pretty well too
5: gives you a chance to drink a beer change your guitar live <laughs> yeah we love stuff like that it always right. helps the uh always helps the whole like i don't know everything blew together, I guess.
2: Yeah, right on, man. Exactly. One thing I was gonna ask I wanted to ask you about, I'm sure you probably saw it. Metal Sucks the other day. They were talking about at the gates losing their member, uh, Anders, longtime guitarist. I know you guys are big fans. Did you catch the article with their recommendation to have you as a as a cool replacement?
5: Oh yeah, I saw it. All my friends blew blew me up about that. <laughs> I mean th- uh that's an honor obviously, but it's uh and it's a touchy situation because Anders has been such an important member of the writing of that, of that band. And that, you know, I mean, he's from his hands came those risks, you know, but, uh, I also do understand having been in the band and having had to replace people because I still love doing music, you know, and I'm still going to push forward. Then I understand that philosophy. And I can tell you that if Thomas and the gang have decided that's where they're going, then a there's no one stopping them and b that they've got a they've got a musical itch that they've got to have scratched and it's a shame we can't keep the team together all the time but i will say that over the years as we've changed our team up the band's gotten stronger better innovated and uh i mean i guess if there's a chance for that to happen to at the gates then we should all be excited
2: yeah, that's a great point, man. Because you never know what can happen. Sometimes you get a breath of fresh air, or you, I mean, it could go the other way. Who knows? It'll be it'll be cool to to check it out, though.
5: I mean, I are you kidding me? Give me the call. I'll show up in the jam room. <laughs> I got ripped. You know what I mean? And, but
2: yeah. uh, those are big shoes to fill. Do, do you think you could do it? Do you think you can handle the duty? Um, that's a big question. You
5: want me to? You want me I to say? No, I, I have no. I think that the right answer to that is not being sure because. Anybody, whoever walks into that situation, they better be intimidated, they better be scared, and they better be ready to bring it, because you better not crash and burn the legacy of that amazing band.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, 100%, man. 100%. So, I mean, you know, because everybody knows you guys were influenced by At The Gates and everything, Um, you know, what band isn't really, but... um. I, I guess I don't know much about your guys' others that kind of stuck out back then. Like, was the rest of the Swedish scene something you guys were listening to? You know, the other uh, Gothenburg stuff or some maybe some of the, um, you know, the non-melodic stuff or what was going on bes- that maybe we don't know about as much?
5: Well, I mean, it's, At The Gates is the only band from Sweden. So, of course, you know, we loved tombed In Flames, uh, Dark Tranquility, Dark Kane, Haunted. I mean, there's so many good bands, hypocrisy, I could just keep naming them, Uh, but when you're a kid, you're sponge, so you find all those bands, and you snatch them all up, and you pick something you like out of all of them, and I think Darkest Hour isn't just a copy or a facsimile of At the Gates, it's like a band that was influenced by not only them, but the entire scene of those bands, so we we love Gothenburg, that's why we went and recorded our 2003 album there, and just Mm -hmm. the whole Swedish metal has been Probably the biggest metal influence of us, but we also I think it's probably equal now with the American classics: uh, Metallica, Anthrax, Slayer, Megadeth, Pantera. The the classics are in there too, you know. Totally, yeah. And
2: you can hear you can hear all that. But when uh, what, how were you how were you discovering music back then? Like when you were kind of discovering some of those bands, you know, without the internet and all that kind of stuff. How were you mainly finding out about stuff?
5: Oh well, before the internet, it was word of mouth. And it was your friends, and it was the albums your friends were listening to. And uh, we used to buy records from this place called Tower Records, and they had a extreme black death metal section. And, I mean, you just go in there and buy whatever the fuck cover looked cool, you know. And it was before you had the ability to read reviews and customer ratings and for stuff to tell you fans of this like that. I mean, you really had to look at the album art, look at the song titles, talk to talk to people you know to find out about these bands and i think that's why we were one of the first american bands to kind of combine heavy metal the the swedish metal and the hardcore sound the way we did because we were on the wave of a lot of those kids discovering these bands and we were in washington dc it's a big city a lot of record stores a lot of opportunities so we were just we were able to Find a lot of those influences early on, for sure.
2: Right? Yeah, because it's an interesting thing with you guys, starting as more with the hardcore and then jumping to the metal. I mean, was it one specific? What was it that kind of led you down that path? Was it just discovering this music and it and it seeped in, or or what was it?
5: Well, I mean, the thing is that hardcore kids tend to, and I am one, but they tend to grow up, move on, like the vans they liked, but also become somehow interjected into society somewhere where heavy metal fans tend to continue to dress the way they dress and continue to live their lifestyle in a way that's a lot more conducive to picking up new music. So I think because the band got a little bit more musical, because we got a little bit more guitar solo shredding and stuff like that, we've just found ourselves pushed you know, by opportunity into the heavy metal world. And I don't think we could have survived this many years if we hadn't changed our game up like that because I mean, that is where the real industry is. That is where the real money is. That is where the real long-term fans are. Although, again, I consider myself a hardcore kid and I have some of my best friends were friends that I met at hardcore shows and I still talk to them. Uh, hardcore isn't the same. Like, a lot of my friends aren't picking up newer listening to newer hardcore bands which is a shame because they are out there um there's a really budding young scene of that but i know in some ways maybe it isn't for us maybe it's for that underground you know so Mm -hmm. we found our we found our home in heavy metal i mean but we welcome people who want to self-identify by any kind of genre that they think they are because the reality is like it's just good music and that's what we like is good music you know
2: yeah oh yeah for sure man uh, you know, because, like, a lot of bands, when you guys started off with, seems like a lot of them kind of fizzled out and stuff. You know, you guys have been around for quite a while now, just still bringing it. How do, is there anything, you know, what kind of keeps you guys together and keep, keeps on uh, pushing you guys?
3: Um, I think that it's
5: actually, you know, a love for the music, you know? Like, or and a love for playing and songwriting. I mean, because uh, there's a lot of bullshit you have to put up with out here, but if you're addicted to that feeling you know, that you get when you make a song that people like or that feeling you get when you make a song that you like, then I think it really propels you to put up with a lot of bullshit. And I think that that's been one of the main factors. I mean, that along with like, you have to like traveling, you have to like experiencing different foods and meeting different people every day. You can't be afraid to drink out of a bottle with people you've just met as opposed to, you know, being afraid to shake people's hands. You just kind of learn about the world because you're thrust into it in airports and bus terminals and bullshit all the time as a traveling musician. So I think it's a combination of those two things.
2: Right. Right. Well, uh, last kind of question for you, man. I, I like to ask, uh, whenever I'm talking to a guitarist, if you have any, you know, big number, you know, big favorite riffs that you have, maybe you, you jam them for warm up, or they're just, you know, something that sticks out for you as some of those favorite riffs.
5: Um, well, I mean, obviously the definitive Swedish heavy metal riff is the opening riff to Slaughter of the Soul, the song Blinded by Fear. Also Slaughter of right. the Soul is an opening. I mean, Anders has so many riffs, you know? I, I Instead of, like, going, like, name-specific riffs, I just tend to have a list of riff gods, you know? Like, you could have mm-hmm. guitar gods, you can have guitar solo gods, then you've got dudes that just, like, that write riffs. And, I mean, Anders is one of the king, you know? I also think... Jesper, one of the early guitar players from In Flames, wrote some of the most amazing Swedish metal riffs that I've been attempting to copy my entire life. Uh, Ufe mm-hmm. from Entombed is another riff master, and these guys don't get love on the cover of the Guitar World the way like Zach Wild do, but man, they write some riffs that everybody knows, you know? Uh, right, for I- sure. I also think it's worth noting that Dimebag Daryl was one of the biggest riff masters. I think that's been known, but he was kind of the Jedi of both trades. Uh, and obviously we have an affinity for all the greats, man. Metallica, James Hetfield, Negative, you know, uh, Davis Stain, Slayer, Carrie King, and Hanuman. Uh, when you're a guitar player, you've got to just kind of... You've got to search out the riffs, but then you've got to search out the players, and you've got to dissect what they're doing to try to figure out where they got those, that, those magic spells from. And uh, honestly it's more fun before you know all the answers because the search is actually the fun part.
2: Right. Right. Yeah, man. Well, uh, you guys definitely have a lot of kick-ass riffs on the new album. I'm loving it a lot and good luck with, uh, the rest of the tour and your show today and everything, man.
5: Yeah, man. Thank you so much for doing the interview. Thanks for covering the band. And, uh, where are you located at?
2: I'm talking to you from Detroit right now. Hell yeah. Okay. Rock city. Well, we were just up there a little bit ago.
5: Hopefully you guys don't get crushed with snow. But um, yeah, I know I'm,
2: right now. But oh god, well you're used to it. So just sit <laughs> yeah. in your house
5: crank up your al- your your albums. You know,
2: perfect. Uh, I will do, man. <laughs>
5: well, cheers, man. Thanks for doing the interview. And uh, all right, man. We'll see talk you, to in, you, yeah. See you in the rock gods deem uh, reasonable.